There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the divide. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, welcoming you to another episode of the show. My apologies, no new one last week. Um, I had all intentions to, and then, you know what, I got in the middle of the woods and uh, just kind of started doing outdoorsy things, and it was a, it was kind of an unintentional vacation, we should say. I... Uh, I planned on doing the show and it just didn't happen. Had no reception. Never got back home. But uh, you know, it was it was very nice to get out there in the wilderness. Hung out uh, hung out in a cabin with my uncle for a week. We had a place. Did some canoeing. Did some hiking and uh, lots of lots of outdoor things. That is the one. I don't want to say the one nice thing because nothing's really good about the pandemic. But besides doing podcasting, like there's nothing that I really love doing more than doing the show. Than just being in the middle of the woods, like by myself or like with one or two people, like and just hiking, like not a busy place, not a busy place. I like to go, like even even without a pandemic, I like to go very quiet places and just feel like I'm in the middle of nowhere. So you know, like that that is like the one thing. You know, we can't we can't go to busy beaches. We shouldn't be going to uh, busy bars, you know, packed places or anything like that. So I am actually very happy that, you know, my own personal sanctuary is like in the in the middle of the woods where uh, I'm I'm around nobody but bears and fishers and other things that will kick my ass because uh, you do realize that, too, in in the wilderness, humans really aren't anything. Um, Most things out there will destroy you. And uh, I was also having this conversation. Um, If you've grabbed one yet, I've sent some out, but our uh, brand new Power Cord Hour T-shirts that our listener Grace got made. Shout out to her. She's awesome. She got some new shirts made for the show. And uh, she dropped them off at the radio station one night. And, uh, you know, we were, we were talking when she brought them here. And uh, we got we got into, I don't know how it came up, something about uh, we, we live pretty close here in Jamestown at Allegheny National Forest in Pennsylvania. We were talking about that for some reason. I think they were camping down there. And uh, she had never heard of Fishers. And I told her that she, I told her about them because I'd only heard about them like a year ago. And uh, I mean, she just lost her shit. They are they are terrifying creatures. If you don't know what a fisher is, you need to uh, go look this up. I know it has nothing. I know this has absolutely nothing to do with music, but uh, you need to see one of these things. They are terrifying. It is F I S H E R. It is spelled just like it sounds, and they they are just terrifying creatures that uh, just will destroy anything out there. And even though they're pretty small, there are some big ones out there that uh, I think would probably take out a human. And uh, they're not something you want to mess with. They're not something you want to fuck with. That's what I'm telling you right now. If you see a fisher, I would not try to uh, battle it because you're probably going to lose that battle. But uh, I I, I did tell her about that when she brought the shirts. And uh, it was just hilarious because she had the same reaction that I did when I learned what a fisher was. I'm like... Oh, I really hope I never see one of those in the middle of the woods by myself. That would be pretty bad. But anyways, that is the reason why I uh, why I had no new episode last week. I was in the middle of the woods, and uh, when I wasn't in the middle of the woods, I was laying in a uh, hammock listening to James Brown at 2 a.m. because that's what you do. That's that's just good living. That's uh, that is fine living. 
if you ask me. But uh, I am back, and this week I am back with a guest. I'm very excited about this. Bill McShane of Ultimate Fake Book. If you listened to the last episode from a few weeks back where I talked about my favorite releases so far of 2020, The Preserving Machine from Ultimate Fake Book is up there as one of my favorites. And uh, I was very excited to talk to Bill. I want to talk about the new record. You know, Ultimate Fake Book is not a new band at all. You know, they've been together since the 90s. And, uh, you know, but but for me personally, I've known who Ultimate Fake Book were for a while, but I only heard like a couple songs. More than anything, I just knew who they were. You know, I knew they toured with a lot of bands that I liked. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, I mean, I knew they were up my alley just because of who they toured with. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's probably a band that I would like. But just to be honest, I just never really listened to them all that much. I just heard a couple songs. And uh, when this new record came out and I saw it was coming out, I knew enough about them to go, oh, this must be like the first album in a long time. Like I knew that much. I was like, oh, yeah, I know they don't normally put stuff out. They're not like a super active band. So I'm like, oh, I should check this out. I'd probably really like it. And, uh, I mean, I, I was blown away. Their brand new record. Like I, it doesn't matter, and I, I told Bill this. It's like the biggest compliment I could give him. They've been a band for I don't know exactly how many years, but since the '90s. So I mean, we're talking twenty something years at this point. This is the first album that I that I heard from them front to back, and it was amazing. You know, it wasn't one of those things where you know because some bands get back together. And, you know, they're making a new record for their old fan base. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's totally nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, 20 years in, if you're putting out music that appeases the people who were there, you know, who made you who you were, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's awesome. But even better, and, you know, that's what I told Bill was, here's this record. I don't know what to expect. I'm not sitting there going, oh, it has to sound like this or, you know, like, you know, like nostalgia gets in the way. And I'm like, oh, I want them to sound like they did in 2002. You know, nothing like that. They just put out a damn good record, you know, and it blew me away. It's been one of the best of the years, and uh, I was excited to talk to Bill. We got into the new record, um, quite a bit of discussion about the music industry, which I liked. It's something that uh, I could go on for hours about forever. I mean, I remember I remember being 15 in, like, 2007 and just having discussions about, like, music piracy and the music industry and stuff, like, with friends at, like, midnight. Like, we'd just be sitting outside under the stars and that's where, you know, the subject would go is like and at that time, like vinyl and stuff wasn't even big yet. So it's like we talk about like piracy and, uh, you know, just all these different things. And I always love to talk about that kind of stuff. Obviously, I mean, you do a whole podcast about music, but uh, we got into a bunch of stuff and uh, I thought it was a great interview. I knew I mean, I was excited to do it anyways, but I knew it was going to be really good when, uh, you know, Bill started talking about Super Drag and the replacements and just all like my favorite and guided by voices, like all these bands that I just absolutely love. And, you know, it's funny because like I hear it in their music. So like when he starts name dropping, it's like, OK, I definitely thought I heard that. And I was right. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, oh, yeah, you can totally tell that, you know, like they listen to the replacements and Super Drag and all that. Like they listen to the good stuff and uh, it is all over the new record. They're a great band. I mean, like I said, far from a new band. You probably already already know who they are. But, uh, you know, if by chance you don't, their brand new record, The Preserving Machine, is a great place to start. It's basically where I started. And, I mean, it's it's become one of my favorite records of the year. So check it out. But before that, check out my interview with Bill McShane right now. I'll play it for you. And we'll play some Ultimate Fake Book afterwards. But here's my interview right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast. Right now on the Power Chord Hour, we're talking to Ultimate Fake Book singer and guitarist Bill McShane. And just a few months back, the band released their first new album in years. It is called The Preserving Machine. I mean, if you listen to the show, I've been playing lots off of it. It has quickly become one of my favorites of 2020. 
and uh, been excited to talk about it. We're going to get into the new record and what the band is uh, up to. So, Bill, man, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having us on. I've been really excited. I mean, this is, uh, like I said, this is a a favorite so far of the year. Um, Up there is one of my favorites. And, uh, you know, I got to say, like, I've known of Ultimate Fake Book. But to be honest, this was like really the first one that I that I, uh, you know, like really jumped on. I kind of discovered you guys a few years ago. And uh, I mean, this one this one just really has gotten me in there. And like prior prior to recording it, I know it's been quite a while. Like when when was the initial idea to put out a new ultimate fake book record? When did that idea start coming? Like, when was it like, all right, we're actually going to put out some new music now? (laughs) Yeah, basically, um, it was a couple of years years ago. and I, you know, I'd had these ideas for some songs. Um, I was starting to get the itch to, you know, do some home recording. I've, I've kind of messed around with that since our band broke up in 2003. Uh, you know, I've just kind of recorded little little projects here and there, nothing too big. And so I was, I was kind of getting the itch to record again. And I'll, I just kind of had this wave of new songs come at me. And I, it took me a minute. And then I had to sit there and be like, wow, I really think these are ultimate Facebook songs. Like specifically, um, you know, like, uh, and that—that's the type of thing that you know, as a band, we we would never say, "Hey, we're going to go make new music," unless we felt very strongly about the songs and very strongly that we could make a great record. So it was quite a big deal to be like for myself to be like, "Wow, I actually think this stuff is pretty good," and I feel like it's part of our sort of our story, and it's uh, it's basically about us, you know these songs and and I just I felt strongly so so yeah so two years ago was when it when the the first song started coming so what I did was I just um demoed everything and started sending them to the guys and uh it just kind of went from there nice I mean it, it it does seem like you guys kind of picked up where you left off I mean it seems it seems like no you know nothing's been lost in between and I mean out outside yeah. of ultimate fake book I mean I know you said you're doing some home recording have you done much outside of Ultimate Fake Book, like in between, or no? Just kind of like more like kind of fun screwing around stuff for yourself. Well, all I all I did was, um, you know, I had this side project band that I started with um, Tony Saxton and um, from uh, Motion City Soundtrack, and um, oh yeah, and also uh, Pat from Limbeck, because um, those are guys that lived out here, you know, in the LA area once I moved out here and so we all just would be talking and we were like, Oh, we should get together and play just every now and then. It was the whole idea. You know, like the idea was not to go on any kind of tours or anything, but Hey, we could, we could easily just keep playing these clubs all through LA and the LA area. Or, you know, we had something set up at one point we were going to do sort of this residency um, at a casino outside of Los Angeles or uh, Las Vegas. So it was just going to be kind of for fun, but, you know, music that was original, you know, and the idea with that band was sort of like almost like, um, you know, like a straight up pop band, like the wonders from that thing you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like kind of catchy, fun, you know, different singers. And and so we did that for a little bit and we put out two uh, records, like an EP and uh, then like a full length album, but just digitally. We'd never had them released on any kind of other formats or anything. Um, so that's basically it, you know, and then, but I, I, you know, recorded things and demoed different ideas, but I really just, yeah, like I, I was saying earlier, I just realized that sort of the, the kind of key to the songwriting 
for me was to write songs that I knew had to pass muster with Nick and Eric, you know, and be like in in our um, our uh, sort of like our catalog. Like that was the challenge that I wanted to to address, and it and it was great doing it. You know, it was really great to to uh, to have that be the challenge. You know, and be have it be fresh to uh, a fresh idea. You know, so to, to to add to what we did. It, it sounds like too then so like once you so is it kind of like too like it sounds like you almost started writing a couple songs you're like oh this sounds like ultimate fake book and then th- did they all just kind of start coming out like that i mean did you just have like yeah. like right away just writing them just it was it was a very easy kind of process after that would you say yeah yeah totally the way the way i always, I always sort of describe it for me anyway with songwriting is it's almost like um, it's, it's like, I feel like I'm pregnant with an idea. So it's like the ideas are kind of like in there for, and there for, it could be a while, it could be a year, but you don't really quite know what it is you're trying to get out, you know? And then all of a sudden you sit down and this is what happened. I sat down with my guitar and I literally wrote, you know, Manhattan, Kansas after hours at Moline's, um, you know, uh, fake ID, the last song on the record, like three or four songs, just boom in one sitting. And that's how it always used to be for me, too, back in the day with Ultimate Fake Book. I'd, I'd just sit on the couch and, you know, you're not even trying, you know, and then <laughs> next thing you know, you've got four songs that you're like, whoa, those are those are pretty good songs. And so it was like that. So it was like the ideas, I think, had been just shading or whatever in my mind, you know, for a while. Yeah. And then it was literally a matter of sitting down and, and it just and I was and, and what it was, too, it was because this is kind of key. It was it was me being like, okay, it's all right if they're ultimate fake book songs. Like it's okay. I, I actually wanted them to sound like our old sound. I didn't, you know, I'm into different stuff since then. I knew all of us are into all those kinds of stuff. But it, it, the idea was making it sound like what I knew we didn't get out back in the day. You know, like when we broke up, and like what I knew we sort of had in us. And we have lots of influences, and I always knew that we had another really great record in us, you know, and I, I think I had to just allow myself to kind of get into that headspace that it's okay, that it sounds like, you know, ultimate fake book <laughs> back in our, our style and everything. It doesn't have to be some new, you know, trendy, you know, whatever every, all the kids are doing now kind of thing, you know, yeah. and that was key. And that was part of the inspiration, you know, made it really, really fun that way. That I mean that that is interesting. Like as as far as your writing goes, like kind of post Ultimate Fake Book. Then do you sometimes have that where you would write things outside where you're like like obviously where you must have had times where you're like this sounds too much like Ultimate Fake Book or I don't want to write in that way. Like was that something you had to yeah. kind of get out out of sometimes? <clears throat> well, yeah, sort of. You know, like like a couple of certain kinds of drum beats or um, certain kinds of melodies. You know, like I I, be, I, I kind of got known for doing this falsetto. Uh, voice thing which is just happened by accident never was like a plan but just ended up being the way i sort of sang a lot of my melodies and stuff and so like with the new the new one um you know there's the chorus of of uh, manhattan kansas you know i just kind of sat down and that idea just popped right out of me because i was thinking about you know the our time starting out there and everything and when it got to one part of the of the chorus, I, I just went into the falsetto, like, and I was just like, yeah, that's what UFB would do. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, got, you had to, like, myself. accept it. You had kind of accept it, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, and it, because I think that's the thing is, 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 and anybody that's in a band knows this, that it's like, you start to realize after a while that, you know, the listener isn't always listening to the things that the band 
is focusing on, you know? So we got obsessed with, well, we can't do the same thing we did, or we can't do, you know, this sort of thing we've sort of done, or we don't want to sing about that, you know, we've kind of done that before. And But the, the viewer or the listener isn't necessarily focused on that, you know? And yeah. so I think I was able to get into the headspace of, like, a fan, you know? Um, but that was really cool I, for, for this project, to, to be in the headspace of, like, what does, like, an ultimate fake book fucking party sound like you know what is a what is a ultimate fake book show want to be you know and yeah. I, I don't know that, that was yeah so so i think that on other things i would have i mean i wouldn't have done certain set lyrics or certain um little bits of musical flair because it would be exactly what ultimate fake book used to do whereas on this i steered hard into that you know i wanted big drum builds that everyone wants to air drum to because our drummer yes. eric is this amazing drummer and the, you know we're we're all that's how that's the type of guys we are we're like the guys in the kitchen air drumming and rock air guitaring <laughs> you know to the super drag yeah, you know that so i wanted i wanted to make that kind of a record you know instead of feeling like oh well, we have to you know act our age or we have to you know be a certain you know new style that has progressed i was like no i want bangers you know yeah um yeah. And I, and I think it worked too. Like it doesn't like you listen to it. And like I said, like I like truly, I think the biggest compliment that I could give you on the record is like, I, I knew who you guys were and I've heard a few songs before, mm-hmm. but this is like the first full length of you guys that I've listened to. So I'm not like someone who's like, you know, I have preconceived notions or I'm like, it needs to sound right. this way or that. It's like, I listen to it and I go, no, this just like, this is just a great record. Like there's no, like it, it awesome. doesn't sound like it comes from a certain air or anything like that. It's like, this is just really right. good. Plus, actually, yeah, and, no, it's cool. Yeah, it, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and and and, and that's what I, I guess I'm saying too. As you know, as speaking as like a guy who's like you know 46 now, you know, it's like I'm obviously no young rock and roller. You know, <laughs> it's it's like sometimes you 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 got to like look and and just be honest with what it is you're you do and you are. You know, and I think that that that's what this record is. It's it's us knowing what we are and who we are, and whereas before. You know, your first record, that just comes out. You're just lucky to get it recorded. You know, you're just yeah. like, thank God we got in the studio and got this thing recorded. And then, you know, you get picked up by a label and they put it on. But, oh, my God, great. And then you got to follow that one up. And so then you're sort of, you know, you, you your, your head is mixed up in what you think people expect or you want to do something that they may, aren't going to expect or whatever. And this was just fully me knowing who we are deep down knowing that I wanted to um, preserve and like, I wanted, I wanted there to be like a document of our time in the band and with our fans, because it was something that was very special, you know, to all of us and anybody that kind of followed us and kept up with all that. And I just, I knew that I wanted a document. You know, I was like, it, I, it's not over. Like there's something to be said about that, that time, you know? Yeah. So that's what, that's what I tried to, well, I, I like it too because there is. It does seem like there's kind of a concept in there where it's like there there are certain songs where it's like there you know you can definitely hear like the nostalgia like you're talking about like you yeah. know obviously like old days and stuff. But you're also there is like that current stuff and there there is there's a nice balance there. You know, it's not all just basking in the good old days. That's there, but I feel like you also kind of had that balance in there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 looking back and 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 um, referencing those things because of who it sort of made you into, you know, who you are today because of that stuff, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And as far as sure. the record goes, was this, uh, I mean, did you guys self-produce? Who ended up producing this one? I mean, it, so- it sounds great. I got to say that. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Well, basically, um, so when I did the demos, I uh, knew that, you know, we weren't going to, we don't even live in the same state, you know, and we only get together for like a reunion show like every now and then. So I knew that, that probably what I'm recording for my demos are basically my parts. You know, like, oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I, yeah. So, so everything I did, all my vocals, all my guitars, all the extra keyboards and strings and bells and whistles, all that stuff I did um, on the demos and they're in the demos. Um, and so then Nick and Eric went into actual studios and Eric recorded with Ed Rose, who produced our first albums. And he's super well known for in Kansas for like, yeah, he's legendary. Kids and, yeah, totally. Um, Touche, Moray, all sorts of really great bands. He did all of our um, stuff back in the day. And so Eric recorded his drums with Ed, and then Nick recorded at a different studio all his bass parts. And so then we gave all of my demo material and their parts to Jamie Wolford, who many people may know as uh, the singer of the band The Stereo. A great, very and, underrated band. Yeah, super amazing pop pop band um that we toured with back in the day too he was in the impossibles and all sorts of stuff and he uh is now a record producer um he just produced um the smoking pope's last record and um some other uh, um pretty good stuff uh down and he's got like a studio in uh arizona and so i i think i i can't remember if i sent him a demo or whatever but it was amazing he replied back right away and he said, I am producing this record. Don't send this to anybody else. Don't even think about sending it to anybody else. No one else is going to put in the time and care and passion that I will. I am doing this record. You you can't say no. <laughs> that amazing. is fucking like, awesome. Yeah. I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, man. And, and so, yeah. So it, that, that I knew I knew that there's, he was right. That nobody else would be that passionate. Um, as, as what he was saying there. So, so yeah, so then we sent everything to him. He gets all of our, all of our bits and then he, um, he did his magic, you know, and made it sound amazing, you know? So in a way I, I kind of, I, I did take, um, a little credit to say that, you know, I produced it and then he kind of co-produced it. And the only reason I felt like saying that, well, one, because it's like, who cares? You know, we're all, (laughs) not like we're big rock stars anyway. Um, it just sounds fun to say that I produced it. Um, no, <laughs> Get that credit. Because, because I did like the demo. I mean, it's like it, I did so much on those demos, you know, that it's like I wouldn't want I don't, it, you know, meaning meaning if there's something that somebody hates, it's like it's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> I don't want anybody. I don't want someone else to have to take the fall um, for how we did everything on it, because it basically was us just taking my demos and then adding to it, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what was great. Like, like, like Jamie, he said right away, he's like, yeah, you don't even need a producer. You just need somebody to mix the shit out of this. You know, he's like, these songs are there that you have everything ready to go, you know? So that was cool. So it was, it was collaborative in the sense that he got on board with the vision right away. So there wasn't any kind of clashing of visions or anything like that. And have you, I mean, it sounds like you, you've done, I mean, you said that you've kind of played around with like home recording and stuff. And I mean, it, it obviously, you, you know, you know, some stuff um, by the sounds of the record. Have you, I mean, have you produced or worked with like anyone else or do you mostly just work on your own stuff or have you ever worked behind the scenes for any other bands? 
I no, I've never I've never worked with any other band. Um, it's fun, but it, but it is funny because Nick and Eric, you know, in Ultimate Fake Book, um, they were in this um, other band after um, UFB broke up, and and uh, I would always tell them that I wanted to produce their <laughs> album because they put out like a, like four or five records. But I would see them live and I knew them and I was always just like, these are great, but I want to produce your record. You know, I just, that was the only band that I felt strongly about. Um, and, but it's the same with, with Ultimate Facebook. It's like, I know I had a vision for what the record should be. And so I would only say that if it's like, I knew the music so well, you know, but that's how I felt. So yeah, but I, but I feel like, um, I, I learned a little bit about home recording, not, not, not much, but enough to, you know, get the things recorded and, get a demo that sounds okay but um i think that i learned a lot just by being an editor you know from what i what i've been doing since i stopped doing music full-time um so i really feel like that uh could be where i, I kind of picked up it, it was a lot easier to pick up some of the technical stuff and and stuff, stuff like that that's cool that you can uh that you can use that you know from from that kind of pick pick the uh skills you've taken from that doing editing and then and then using it for that that's kind of uh that's kind of nice yeah and i mean how how yeah. long did it end up uh you know with everything with you r- writing the stuff recording and then sending it to jamie like i mean how long did yeah. that all take to uh you know get the whole record done well it's that and first of all that's that's the thing that drives me crazy is how long it takes i'm the most impatient person ever when it comes <laughs> to creative things so basically I I, rec- I demoed all of the songs, so so wrote and recorded everything that you hear over one month, and it was like basically my wife and kids. Um, it was in the summer of 2018, and they went. They'd been they were in Kansas, you know, for summer vacation at grandma's, basically. And so I stay here because my job's in Burbank and and everything. And so they were gone for a month, and I recorded every single night and every weekend just nonstop, and that's how I basically got the whole thing done so it was one month of of me doing my stuff and then it's a matter of you know just the long period of sending the demos around to people to see if anybody is interested in you know helping finish this project you know because at that point you know they really were demos technically um and so we knew that we'll probably use my part you know as the real thing but at the same time it's like what if somebody else is like hey let's go make a record you know so we did. We spent about six months, I'd say, um, just sending it to friends and different labels. And you know, nobody's really wants to put out a record. Of course, nobody wants to do anything. You know, so that went for a while. Then it's a matter of, okay, now we're like, okay, well, we're just going to finish this record. And so then it's, I'd say, uh, you know, six months of figuring out, you know, when can Nick and Eric get into a studio to go record their things over a couple of weekends, and when can we get this, you know. It takes a little bit. Everything takes so much time, you know. Um, so, so then it was a matter of we did hook up with a label, um, Sonic Ritual, that ended up putting it out and everything. But then it's you know a matter of months before we can get all those um, ducks in a row for it to finally come out. So it 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 was driving me crazy because it's like <laughs> I'm 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 kind of the type of person I'm like well if you're not even going to be on like a big label you know, or anything. That's the beauty of the fact that everybody's just recording on the computers and throwing it up on the internet anyway. Like, yeah. you know, like that's the point, <laughs> you know, take out all the bullshit, all the stuff that sucks. Get the instant you know, gratification kind of like, you know, it, it, it's totally. done. And you can put it out in the world. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's me. I'm just super impatient. It's, I'm, I'm really glad that it, it came out the way it did because I think 
it, it turned out perfect. You know, I'm glad we found a great producer, you know, um, in Jamie and mixing it and everything. I'm glad that we took the time to get Eric, you know, and in with Ed Rose, you know, um, for the old days, like the old days and just everything turned out perfect, but it, it is a little nuts when you, when I, when I think of how long it takes, you know, to get a record to the, to the, out there. Well, and to be able to, because like you said, I mean, it sounds like right away, you're like, this is what I want. This is like, you knew it, like, it didn't sound like you need a lot of time with like toying with things or anything like that. Like you kind of yeah. knew what you wanted to do. So I can totally see where it's, you get that done and now it's like, now it's just a waiting yeah. game, you know, <laughs> that that's right, basically totally. what it sounds like. But, totally. uh, yeah. And, 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 and not only like, you know, just to get it sort of out, it's like, we, ha- we don't even have a band at that time we don't have like a website. We don't have hardly any kind of presence anywhere. We're basically, cause our band, you know, broke up at the beginning of like all the, you know, internet stuff kind of starting really. I mean, as far as like really getting going, you know, in the early 2000s. Oh so yeah, that's we true. We don't have like, like, a, yeah, totally. So we didn't have like a, like a um, infrastructure whatsoever. So there's all those kinds of things to consider too. Like, you know, okay, well, how are we going to get this out there? Okay, well, now then we got to make sure we can tell people about it. Oh, we got to make sure that we, um, you know, just have all the stuff ready to go. You know, so it, it took a while because we wanted to, we knew that we would want to play some shows um, at the very least in Kansas, you know, where we're from, where we got our start and everything. Um, we wanted to sort of, we knew that, that we would make a record and go back to the home sort of towns and have at least a couple of shows. You know, so it was a matter of having to make sure we had the schedule worked out to do that and everything. So, and then, yeah. and like, like I mean, because like you said too, I mean, how uh, I mean, for one, just social media being a different thing, how you record records, I mean, labels, yeah. how things are released. Like when when putting this together, was it shocking when it was time to do it, or were you basically were you already prepared? You're like, yeah, things are going to be like way di-, like you already kind of knew, like yeah, this is like a totally different monster than it was from like back in the day of like how to release uh, and record yeah. music and all that. Yeah, no, I, it wasn't a shock. It wasn't a shock at all. You know, even, even the fact that, that me knowing that I'm, you know, all these guitar parts that like literally there's not one amp used on this entire record. That's all. Oh my God. Uh, that's all. That's all logic, logic guitar amp, you know, that's all impressive. Digital. Keyboards. There's one real piano. The very, very beginning, the very the intro song is is me recording uh, myself on my piano that's in my house. Everything else, guitar wise, piano wise, little bells, you know, strings, all just MIDI. You know, really fancy. Yeah, totally. But that's what I mean by the fact that I think that it helped that I'm an editor now. I know how to deal with stuff. You know, <laughs> like I know how to use plugins. I know how to use. Um, to, to any sound make it turn into what you need it to be and want it to be, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, um, uh, so so that wasn't shocking. You know, nothing was really shocking about how we kind of put it together. It, 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 it all went exactly how we expected. And, in fact, I would say, I would say we got a bigger response and, you know, than we, than, than we, than we probably even thought we would have, you know? Like, like that's, that's one of the things, I guess, when you ask what's a shock, it's kind of shocking to us that even anybody remembers our band, you know, <laughs> from back then and, and that they still kind of ask us if we're going to play some shows or, you know, like we got asked to play, um, with the descendants, um, oh, last yes. year. 
and stuff like that. So, so just the sort of enduring endurance of it has it kind of surprises us a little bit. But the thing is, that's what makes us want to even keep doing more things. We're like, if somebody cares about our music, that's like amazing. You know, like we'd be jerks to be like, oh yeah, we don't do that anymore. Or I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I couldn't be bothered. It's like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. That's fun. That's fun. So, so now anything we do is, is all about because it's for fun, you know? And that's why these songs and this record, I wanted it to be about our band and about our fans and about the time because it's like, now it's just about who it's, it's about what, what was that? You know, looking back and being like, Oh, okay. I see what it was. It was all of us finding friends that we're going to be friends with for the rest of our lives. You know, it was, it was a time that we thought we had these huge dreams to be rock and rollers that are, you know, touring the world forever and doing nothing but making music. And that's going to, that's going to be enough. But it's like, we realized that you look back and you're like, just making music with friends, you know, is literally what it is about, you know, that, that's so interesting. Now it's, it's fun to just have it only care about it in that way. You know, I think it's interesting because it sounds too then like that's probably like like lyrically and stuff like those are probably songs and you could only up until recent, you know, like recently probably yeah. right because you have to have that, you know, you have to be able to look back and have enough time. Like I assume you yeah. didn't have that clarity, you know, maybe even like say five years ago, you may not have, you know, like right. been able to write something like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and I think I think that in a way that's why that in my mind, um, that's what, you know. Um, some of our later material, basically our, our last full-length record we put out, I always, I, I don't know, I, I don't really think back as fondly about that record as the first two. And I now I know why. It's because it was written while, you know, we were touring our asses off. I mean, we, were, we toured nonstop for five years straight. And so it's like I didn't have enough time to have life, you know, accumulate you know yeah um, well then you run out of things inside, to write songs yeah. about i feel like too yeah 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 well oh sorry what did you say i couldn't hear you oh no so no i was just saying like like you were saying too and when, when when the when the band becomes like the full thing and like you know you're just touring nonstop too i would think you would yeah. also like as far as inspiration goes and like topics to write about and whatnot like you're not living yeah. you know what i mean you're not living as much probably kind exactly. of in that bubble more Totally. And, and getting burnt out, you know, like not realizing it at the time, but then now we can see it's like, man, I mean, that's, that's what, that's why I, you know, called the plug or, you know, called the hit the brakes on the band or whatever you want to call it, you know, was just straight up burnout, you know? That's cool. So, you can go back now though. And like, it's not like, like it's good now. Like that, yeah. that it seems like a lot of that's gone. It's like, no, nah, it's for, it's for fun again. Yeah, Totally. And, and, and I really, I, I believe as well that I feel that this is our strongest record, you know? I mean, granted, I think that there's, there's stuff, you know, that you do when you start off as a band and you're, you know, or any, any kind of musician, I'm sure, you know, like your first couple of records, usually that's where, you know, the, the real gems are, you know, of, of just your, cause you're discovering what you want to do and everything. But I really do feel that as far as making a strong record, that this is our strongest, you know? And it's because of, life being have you know we finally got yeah. to live some life and 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 um that's what that's what was the ingredient that was kind of, i think got missing you know no i think people don't think about that and it's something that i probably yeah. don't even think of but it's like it makes total sense it's like if all you're doing is touring yeah. promoting and just back it's like you really don't have you know you don't have time to like 
have those experiences to write about. You already wrote about them on the first two records. So, you know, people don't think exactly. about that. It's kind of a refresher. Right. Like sometimes I think artists probably need that and maybe people, you know, people just don't realize that, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and you know, every, there's, there's, you know, plenty of different types of bands, you know, like maybe there's a band where their style is to just, you know, lyrically or whatever, is just to write about all these different things that they're observing. You know, they write about the world, they write about this. But if you really, if anybody goes back and looks at our records, you know, these are songs that were about like personal, just, you know, things happening or like, you know, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is it, it just for our band, that's, that, that was what was needed. You know, so there are bands that you could just keep the, the, the music going because you, you lyrically just, you know, sing about lots of different subjects or things or whatever. But ours, it's, it's for me anyway, because I didn't ever plan on being a singer, you know? Oh, really? That's a big part of this, too. Oh, yeah, no, totally. I, I never was like, oh, I'm just going to be a singer in our band or whatever. Um, you know, we were like a four-piece a million years ago. Um, and I was just a guitar player with Nick and these two other guys. And then the, the, um, the existing singer quit the band and me and Nick had kind of wanted to change the style of the band anyway. We were, we weren't, we didn't sound like what we sound like now. And so we had studio time booked with Ed Rose. And so me and Nick didn't want to lose that studio time. And so we were like, what if I started singing because I was writing the songs anyway, and we'll just. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's not like I couldn't sing. It's like I could sing harmonies or whatever. But we were like, what if I'm just a singer and we're just a three-piece? What if we just go do it and see what it sounds like? And we did it, and the rest is history. I mean, we just kind of stayed that way. Um, but but so the reason I bring up that story, though, is to talk about the you know needing the songs to be a certain kind of expression. I can't just get up and, you know what I mean, like sing about anything. I, I, it'd be very hard for me to sing someone else's lyrics. For instance, oh no, that, that that makes total sense. I mean, even where I'm kind of going with this. Yeah. Oh no, it may it makes total yeah. sense. I mean, even listening to the new record, it's like you there, there's personal lyrics on there. I mean, even just references and stuff like you were talking about. It's like you have extremely yeah. personal like lyrics. You're like you're like oh yeah, like he's writing about you know life things he's experienced. You know, it's it's not right. like characters you're making up or anything like that. It's like oh yeah, like that's that's right. just someone like that. Which I like lyrics like that. So. You know, once again, it's like if, if someone needs a refresher for that, I'd rather not have an album for a while and get something really right. solid than just I'm just going to keep writing about the same thing I did at 19 for three records Absolutely. now. <laughs> you know, totally. But totally. Uh, totally. I, I want to talk about two. I know you've put out uh, so far two uh, music videos for uh, the songs. And I, I love the uh, the first one you guys put out for After Hours at Moline's. I, I thought it was great. And also just, I, <laughs> I got to say the shout out, I, I was already liking the album. And then when you name drop Super Drag, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I, I'm into the, I'm into this. But uh, yeah, the, the video is great. It's hilarious. And one thing you guys did too, it's like, I feel like we've, we've hit a time where with music videos, it's a lot of it's a lot of like live footage and stuff like that. We don't really get music videos anymore, and this one actually like ha- it's an actual music video. Like who came up with the concept and everything for this? It, it was great. I mean, I really I love it. People yeah. don't do music videos no, like that great. anymore. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I think we all just we were just spitballing ways to. I'm trying to remember what the initial idea was. Um, because because in the video, for anybody that hasn't seen it, it's sort of like we go on a talk show. But, um, you know, like, say we were on, like, The Tonight Show or Jimmy Fallon or something. But this is like a, like a public access TV. <laughs> no one's watching, you know, super, super low fi one. 
because um, we thought it, it, we were just imagining that the guy has no idea who we are, obviously, because no one knows who we are. Um, and But yeah, we think we're the biggest rock stars ever, you know? Um, and so I can't remember where we came up with the idea, but we just realized that that's something we could do in one room, <laughs> you know? At one point we were like, we, we can go get this little studio at the place where um, the guy that put out a record where he works. And we were like, okay, how can we do this? Oh, we can get a desk. And so I think it just kind of went from there. And also just the fact that, like you said, that the song, um, it's a, it's all about references. Like there, where I think we were trying to count at one point, there's like 50 or something references. Wow. Because it's like, and that song too, it's like, I, that was the first one I demoed. It was just to get the ball rolling. And I thought for sure Nick and Eric would just laugh and it would be a joke song and we probably wouldn't put it on the record. And everybody that we played our demos for said that 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 was their favorite song. And it just like goes to show that you, if you start, you're writing songs and you're trying to be so serious and come up with the best thing ever. And then people just go, yeah, it's okay. And then something that you just think is a joke and you're just like, no, no one's going to like this. It's so dumb. That's, that's, that works. That's so the hit single. That's what this whole project was, was just finding that zone of just like not thinking so hard, you know? Yeah, I mean, so yeah. So anyway, I got off track a little bit, but I was just saying how there's all these references, and and it's because I that's part of the thing where I just felt really strongly that I was like, I don't even, I just like some people think we're an emo band for God's sake, you know? It's like <laughs> we are so not an emo band. We listen to Super Drag. We listen to yes. Kiss. We listen to um, Sloan. You know, um, we we love Spinal Tap. You know, we're we're just we like rock and roll. You know, um, and so I just, it, it just we, you know, Eric Moline, our drummer, he was he's the epitome of all that stuff. He's this huge music fan. He he worked at a radio station in case in Kansas, um, you know, the, the college radio station. He worked at a record oh, nice. store. He was in all these different bands. He's like this badass drummer. You go to his house. He's playing you records. He's playing you, you know, Spinal Tap. He's uh, showing you all these crazy comedians. He's just a guy that loves pop culture. And so I was like, I, I wanted a song that just, I wanted there to be so many references, you know? <laughs> and so there you go. No, it, it's solid. I mean, I, I do want to say that too. Like what I, what I'd like about you guys is that, yeah, it sounds like, there's different influences and stuff. Like, it's not like you're just one, like you're just listening to like one thing and the music just sounds like that. Like you listen to it, it's like, Oh yeah, these guys, you can like pick out like, Oh, they're listening to this and that and stuff. Like, was that always, was that always intentional? Like, do you always want that? Like, we don't want to be a straight up, like, I mean, whatever. We don't want to be just a power pop band or just a pop punk band or just a punk band or an alternative band. Like, was that always kind of a thing to be like, let's kind of mesh this stuff together? A little bit, a little bit. I mean, we, this is this is how I would answer that is we listen to all sorts of stuff like everything right so we didn't but but I don't but I know for a fact me and Nick um, especially since we started before we got Eric in, involved we always used to say we were like we I want to be a band that has you know three records that establishes who they are you know because back in that day when we started this was like late nineties and it was like the whole thing was you know every band was trying to be the next Radiohead or like trying to, you know, pull a Beatles move where, you know, their next album is the white album. You know, it's just gone so crazy. Like everybody was doing <laughs> yeah. that. And we remember, we were like, I just want to see a good band, you know, just <laughs> like, I want to go see a band live and, and they have, I get their record and it's great. 
And then their next record, great, same thing. It's like, okay, you know what I mean? We wanted yeah. a groove going. But but that being said, um, we did um, our – when we got signed to um, Epic, we were hoping that, you know, because the idea was they were going to re-release um, This Will Be Laughing Week, our, that record that we'd already put out on an indie label. They were going to re-release that, and then we would go into the studio and make a new record. And the top producer that on our wish list was John Bryan, who um, did like who did like uh, Amy Mann and all these you know super alternative like power pop kind of you know Fiona Apple you know like oh, yeah, totally yeah. nothing nothing hard rocking at all you know <laughs> like far away from hard rock but we loved his production style you know so we did want to um, expand things for sure and we definitely had bigger aspirations than just only guitars, drums and bass on every single thing. But, but I'm just saying, I don't want to like, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, we were ready to jump into there being, you know, harpsichord on things quite yet. Even though we listened to like, you know, Rufus Wainwright and, you know, all these poppy dudes, we were, we wanted to establish ourselves as a rock band for sure. You know? That, ma- sure. that makes sense. I, and, and, like, and like I said, too, I like the meshing of it all. I like that it's not just yeah. like one one thing. I feel like, like, do you feel like that sound, too? And I, I, I know like some of the bands you toured with back in the day, but like with your sound, I mean, like, was it ever difficult to find bands you could play with? Or did you have it more? Because I also look at it and go, I feel like because you hear different things, you guys could play with a different array of bands. Was it more like that? Like, could you play with kind of different genres mm-hmm. and whatnot? Yeah, we definitely played with tons of different genres, you know, as far as live, live shows. And um, and I think the, the reason that we could fit in with just about anybody was because, you know, like, let's say it's going to be a like a, a bunch of like hard, like even a couple of actual hardcore bands with punk bands, you know, and then us and then like a ska band. But we, we didn't seem we, 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 we uh, could play with like super, super punk um type stuff because we you could see our attitude right away and we didn't have any frills we weren't like hey you know we're on a major label and we have um you know a song with piano on it but live it's like no it's a guy bashing the shit out of his drum set and a guy on guitar and a, and a guy on bass that's what you're gonna get there's no frills you know so i think i think that's why we our attitude is what i think made us uh, fit in then they probably some of those guys probably would if they bought our CD would probably go back and listen to it and it'd be way poppier, you know, and, and more a little more slick with harmonies and shit than they than they re- realized. But that's that's the whole thing. We are we our reputation was built on our live show. You know, people seeing what we do live is really the only way to quite get it, and that's why I think our fans stuck with us is because they knew that that it was a a bigger. It wasn't, it, it's not just like, you know, only pop punk or only, you know, the, it's, um, it's just sort of like an attitude, you know, it's just sort of more of like a feel for how we are as, as rock guys, you know, I, I think, don't know if that makes sense. Though. No, it, it, it actually does. I mean, it, it kind of, I mean, it's, it's basically like what I thought. It's like, yeah, you guys listen to all these different things and stuff and it, and right. it works. There's certain bands and like, I put you, I guess I don't even know who I would put you up with, but there's, there are some bands where it's like. You just like you're not just like leaning into one thing so much that like y- it works for you because like that you can go play with different genres, you go play with different people because yeah. there are like underlying similarities, you know. And like you said yeah. too, 
the no frills stuff I think works too because you're not doing pretentious shit. You're just like, yeah, we're just like a trio up here. Like there's just guitar, bass, yeah, right. and drums, and it's like if you like rock music, like we're just gonna be fucking loud, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, like like what we what we didn't want to have happen. Like you know, you know, we we came from the late '90s where it was like you know, still <laughs> there's the talk of if you sign to a major label, it's like oh you know, you've sold out or whatever, you oh, know, yeah. and we had the, we had the choice, you know, could, would we have gone with, um, you know, the sort of bigger indie label or Epic and we chose to go with Epic and cause in our minds, it's like, we're not going to do anything differently, but what we didn't want to have happen was we didn't want to be like some of those major label, you know, radio type bands that you would see. And they were, you know, cheesy and, and, and sort of like taking it too seriously. We still wanted to be guys in t-shirts, um, to set up our own gear and, you know, ha- didn't have any kind of, like a lot of stuff was getting big though, back in those days with major label bands with like, you know, samples and like drum machines and, um, you know, pre-recorded crap. Like, no, we're straight up, we're going to be just like the sort of indie rock bar band you, we, we were that built our reputation, you know? Yeah. We, just, we just also like to have songs that could be on the radio. You know, we like that idea, you know, like cheap trick in the 70s. Oh, no, totally. And there's nothing wrong. It is so funny to look back now. And like, I I feel like I kind of missed that era. Like I'm 27. I feel like by the time I was listening to bands, yeah, like people weren't, you know what I mean? Like the whole sellout thing from major labels thing was like went away. But I know like all Mm -hmm. all that stuff from the 90s. And it just blows my mind to look back and like like jawbreakers go. I love jawbreaker and dear you. And all I hear is like, yeah, when that came out on a major label, like it destroyed their careers. Like sometimes signing to a major (laughs) could destroy your like band like that. It just blows my mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, the music. The music um, business has changed so much you know would you say for the better i couldn't even tell you i mean (laughs) yeah i i i guess it's okay i'm an old spark so it's like that's (laughs) got to be said right uh you know up front so anybody listening it's like i maybe i don't know what the hell i'm talking about but all i know is it doesn't feel like there's anybody with very lasting careers and i'm talking about bands i'm not talking about you know pop singers um it doesn't feel like there's really like uh, careers anymore because nobody can get any money to do anything. You know, yeah. it's like everybody's got to make everything themselves, market it themselves, do all the stuff themselves. And, and so, you know, there's a plenty of good bands. I don't think there's, it's like the there's uh, any worse musicians or anything, but the, 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 the business of it, you know, it's like, just like Spotify, you know, it's like, it's amazing. Of course I use it. I love it. Right. But it just blows my mind when I just think that it's like all this and none of the none of the money <laughs> is going to the band. It's just mind-boggling, you know, yeah. because of, because it doesn't it doesn't cost any cheaper. Like that's the other thing that I think is a little bit um, people don't quite understand. You know, they think, oh, you know, you can record everything on your computer. Yeah, I I'll tell you exactly how this all went down. I rec- I recorded everything on my computer. Did that cost any money for me? No, but I still had to pay somebody to mix it all. Still had to pay for mastering. We still had to pay to record actual real drums because, you know, we're not going to use um, cheap computer drums on a rock band record, right? No, absolutely not. I mean, there's not. still a lot of money that goes into making a record, you know? Oh, yeah. And and, and I'm not complaining, you know, in our in our minds, we're, I'm like, you know, I, you know, like, 
some people buy a car or whatever. We we bought a record. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we this is what we want to do with our extra money. Is this is, sounds cool to us? But I just mean what I mean though is the fact that the public gets it for free. That's what's crazy. You know, yeah. and so I think that obviously bands have no choice but to do all the merch and the touring and all that. Which you know, but see, that's the thing. So I don't, but I don't know if I'm qualified or if my answer even is true. If I say it was, it's worse now or better than it was, because I also remember what it was like when we started. Every single person said, "You'll never make it." You know, make any money doing this. You know, all those still, all those stakes are still the same. Everyone says you're. I mean, I was talking about this on some other interview. And I was like remembering what it's like for bands back in, you know, 90s. You put flyers on, on, uh, you know, all the, um, walls outside. You had to flyer for your shows. <laughs> you had to do all this legwork. You had to do a lot of work. So it's always been hard, you know? Yeah. I think that it's just different and it's more of, so I'm, I'm just qualified to only say what's different to me, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it's better or harder or easier or worse, you know? But, it is definitely different. That's for sure. It's always, I mean, that I mean, that's a topic. I mean, I, I feel like you just talk musicians for like hours with, because I don't know if there's an answer. Like if you ask me, that's like, I don't, yeah. I don't know either. It's really, cause you're like, the internet has been good. And the internet's also like really fucked musicians over. Like there's really a, yeah. a yin and yang there. Like the people sometimes don't think about it. It's like, yeah, for yeah. Th- it's bittersweet. There's good, there's good and bad with uh, how it's become. And also the same way where it's like, you know, I mean, major label, well, not even just major, we say that, but it's like there's also smaller labels. Like labels have, you know, there are labels that have been shady in the past, but there's also been good, you know, not not all labels are evil, not all the things were wrong yeah. in the past. So, you know, it, it's weird, but I always yeah. like talking to that, including with someone like you who's like, yeah, you, you've seen it change, like we were talking about earlier, yeah. where it's like so different from the last time. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's just, I don't, I don't know. It's interesting I, to get a musician's I, perspective. I think it's probably equal amount of hard you know it's just it's what people will have to do is just um you know it, it's just like uh us you know when we started you couldn't tell us that we weren't gonna make it would you think we cared you know me and Nick, you know <laughs> we, we didn't go to co- we went to college just as like just to kind of say we're going to college but no we had no backup plan we're like we're gonna be a band guy we're gonna be a, in a band and we're gonna put out records and we're gonna tour and we did it and we found a way to do it so i think that I think that it's the same today. It's just different, you know? Yeah. And bands like us that might have been used to doing that kind of thing, yeah, we're not going to know how to do all this exact, you know, we're on TikTok and, you know, <laughs> this, that, whatever app and we're marketing, you know, it's not going to, we don't know how to do that stuff. But maybe somebody else does and they're just like, I'm going to find a way to make it happen. I'm going to, so in my mind, it's like, it's, you've got to put up the flyers. You've got to put in blood, sweat and tears and you have to, kind of be naive basically and stupid you know <laughs> that's the way you that's how you get stuff like this to happen is to not be thinking about all the ways that it's not going to work you have to be so laser focused and said you don't even care you just wanted to you're gonna you're gonna do it regardless you know oh no that, that so that, i think i don't think that's changed you know what i mean that's my guess but. that seems to like the foundation i mean that, there's certain because that's the thing too people people current day like like there, there's probably artists who are like, yeah, they got big because they knew how to, you know, like use TikTok as a promotion or no tool or something. It's like, well, people yeah. forget those in 20 or yeah, like 20 years. That's not going to work the same way. That's going to become, that's just right. going to change too. So the foundation of you're saying the blood, sweat and tears, the hard work, that's always there. That doesn't go away. The avenues of promotion and how you release shit 
is kind of what changes right. and that just changes constantly that will never that will never not change right. i don't think we'll ever hit like exactly. a final you know level of that if you will right but totally totally but it, but but it is interesting how it's like you know like when we were talking about spotify a little bit i mean I, that's where it gets a little gray in my mind where i'm like it's like you know artists of any kind of artist you know it's like an artist can't keep going if there's zero revenue you know what i mean yeah. like you gotta oh, yeah. have some money to make the stuff um and so that's where it's like it is a little odd how our our, our society our, our culture depends on all this that kind of content like we want it but we somehow don't want to pay for it you know like it, once that starts happening with movies, man, that's going to be really crazy. You know, like if people literally could make, you know, or which, you know, maybe that won't, it's not, it's not a comparable uh, thing, but I'm just saying it's like that, that, that's weird to have it be sort of oh, unsustainable in a way, you know? Yeah. And so obviously, you know, we try, I'm sure you do too. You know, I, I always buy a t-shirt if I like a band, you know, and I'm obviously listening to their records. I totally buy a t-shirt. Oh yeah. Um, but, um, you know, still though, I mean, it takes a lot of money to make those records they're putting out. You know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and and two, I mean, and we'll, we'll move on here, but uh, like something I always say too, like how the un, like how unpredictable the whole uh, industry is, is there was you think about it, and there's an era where LimeWire rules, people refuse to pay ten dollars, fifteen dollars for a CD, it mm-hmm. it just they won't do it. They'll get it for free. Yet. Go ten years later, and now people are paying thirty, forty dollars for a vinyl record that is less. Right. Con- you know, it's not compact. You can't bring it anywhere. You know, some don't right. even have a download code, and it's like, who would have even seen that? Like, if you told someone in two thousand three, you can't get someone to pay nine ninety nine for a CD. Do you think they're going to think, you <laughs> yeah. know, in like twenty twenty, it's like, yeah, you can you can go sell, you know, a vinyl re- and a vinyl record for thirty four. Yeah. And I'm a vinyl collector, but I'm just like, I, I really think that yeah. shows the unpredictability of the music industry right. as a whole, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and just, it just has to, you know, the same, the same things have to always stay, stay, um, part of the focus, which is just make good art, you know, and this is art, you know, and this is like a art. Pro- if you're the band, you know, it's your art project. So, you know, um, it's, it, I guess it's it may, maybe what we're getting at and thinking of is like the band's, that are trying to tour, you know, and like really try to, <laughs> Oh, that's true. That, I guess that's different, you know, and that, but the thing is, that's what we come from. And that's, you know, now it's like, I don't, I wouldn't even know what to tell somebody, you know, that if they, they wanted to be a touring musician, like how, how does somebody now make it to the level of, let's say pink or somebody who still, who does amazing, you know, numbers, yeah. you know, how would that person have even gotten started? You know, God, that's it, it true. Would take a, a, you know, it's just a different. Yeah, we could we could talk about all that. <laughs> it, it, it's a monster. It is but, a big story. But uh, yeah, I mean, just just getting back here, you know, as we're kind of uh, closing things up here. I mean, going back for a second too. In the beginning, I mean, starting in Manhattan, Kansas. I mean, was you know, like, what was the music scene like when you guys started? Was there one? Were there places to play? Were there bands to play with? Like, what was that like when you yeah. guys started out? It was great. It was great. Um. I, I don't know, uh, you know, it definitely wasn't like an all ages kind of shows. Um, I don't know what kind of scene maybe you got into or, but when, certainly when we played in, in New York, um, you know, we played the clubs in New York city, but we also played like a lot of like all ages type stuff. Okay. But Manhattan, Kansas, and also um, the other college town in, in Kansas is Lawrence, Kansas. Those were straight up college towns. 
right? So I've been to Lawrence, and that is a, that's like a quintessential yeah. college town. Absolutely. And, and so there's like three or four great rock clubs um, where every band would come through that, that's out on the touring circuit, you know, would come through Lawrence, you know, um, because it's, you know, you're trying to get across the Midwest, you know, you've got to stop somewhere, you know, so you play a show in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, and so, you know, we, we saw, you know, Mud Honey, um, oh, nice. you know, just Nirvana played there, you know, every, every awesome punk band, you know, all the cool um, sort of like, you know, alternative nation MTV kind of bands would play there. So, so Lawrence, Kansas had these great rock clubs that would get everybody and we'd go see them, you know, as kids drive up to those shows. Then we moved and went to college in Manhattan, Kansas, which is a smaller um, college town. And it's actually more known for like country music. Right? Oh, really? So, yeah. So it was a little bit more, it was like the, the redheaded stepchild of the, <laughs> of the two. And, but there was, a, but there was, you know, an indie rock scene and, you know, there's a couple of clubs. And, and so at the time that we actually started, it was actually really cool because it was the underdog of the two. Like everybody played in Lawrence, right? But only every now and then would somebody come into Manhattan. And we had some shows that were mind blowing. We had like the Flaming Lips. We had like Jesus oh, wow. Lizard, um, uh, Job Box came and played like we we had these great shows here and there and of course you know local bands that are loving all of that kind of stuff and wanting to play in lawrence kansas or kansas city you know there there was a scene and so that's that's what we got our start as i mean there was every i'd say every night of the week you know about just about um you could walk down to the the sort of bar district where all the different um college bars are and there'd be a band playing you know and and they're freaky, you know, alternative, you know, you know, Melvin's ripoff band. And it's not like, <laughs> it's not like seeing cover bands, like people writing their own shit, you know? That's cool. So there was a scene, but it, but it wasn't an all ages scene. That's a little bit, once we started touring and got into that, that, that sort of scene, um, that, that's not what I'm describing. This was definitely like, like college band, you know, scene, college, college bar scene. Oh yeah. But yeah. So that's what, what we got our start as. And, and that's how we, we sort of like learned, we sort of like, the the whole thing there was how do you stand out, you know, with all these other local bands and how do you get the college kids to want to come to your shows, you know, and how do you get, how do you entertain them? And that's the thing is we, we were always going to see these bands play these, you know, different shows and we started getting bored of just like the riff rock, you know, yeah. and the like math rock and the just like, it's like, okay, you know, they're playing another 10 minute song here. <laughs> and so we started like getting into the idea of like guided by voices, yes, you know? short, short pop songs, but we're still all there drinking beer and just being silly, <laughs> but we just want to go to a show and have fun, you know? Yeah. And so we, so that's how we got into, um, um, sort of like pop what we call pop. And so then we just kind of kept um, really becoming friends with any other band that was also like that, that just saw it as, you know, pop music, you know, like bands that more, that that would have liked the replacement yes. more than, yeah, more than. My all time you know, favorite um, band. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. See, that's, that's the vibe that we started um, getting going in, in Manhattan, Kansas was oh, like yes. that flavor of what a rock band is, you know, in the Midwest, sort of um way you know um and there's this great bar 
they're called Annie Mae's. And it's, um, it's, I mean, it's like, it's like, it feels like, you know, you're going into the heart of the, like the replacement, like, you know, here comes a regular <laughs> like yes. on, the, on the radio every single night, you know, it's like, and so that's, that was the, that was the sort of theme. And, and, you know, I name dropped Annie Mae's in uh, our song called Manhattan, Kansas too, for that very reason, just to like, wanted to make a document of that, that time, because now looking back, it's like, those are the days, you know, <laughs> just wanting to make this work and wanting and be, but, but also that there was a scene. Cause you asked like, Oh, what was, there was an actual scene for God's sake. See, you that's know? awesome. And like, we would, yeah. We would go to some other places, you know, once we started touring and it kind of blew our minds. We were like, wow, like all the bands aren't friends with each other. Like we, where we come from, we go see all the bands go see each other, whether you really like their music or not, you just kind of support them and you're just sort of friends. You're all just in this together, you know? And, uh, that was what it was like in Manhattan. And it was, and it was cool because then Manhattan kind of all the cool bands from Lawrence that we were friends with too. They started seeing that it's like, yeah, there really is kind of something special in Manhattan because it's it's people that are really hungry for music because not all, not all the bands come through there. And also, you know, uh, just that they, they they're going to support each other, you know, whereas Lawrence kind of had a little feel of, you know, they're, they, they, they were pretty cool. They, you know, they, they could be a little more standoffish as a scene because they were actually a scene, you know? So <laughs> that, yeah, so that, that's cool. That's really neat because that's what I was wondering, like for coming from where you're from, you just never like, including me, like I'm, I'm in Western New York. So like I'm on the other side, kind of more near Buffalo. And like, I'm oh. in a place where okay, yeah. we don't have, we've never really had, like I didn't grow up with like a punk scene around here or like anything like that. So like, I always yeah. wonder, like, smaller places like that, like, to have a scene, yeah. sometimes people don't realize, it seems like you do, but some people don't realize how special that is to be able to have a place totally. like that where people actually come out to the shows, people support them, there's bands, like, so, I mean, that's it's, great, you it's, know? It's key. I think it's, I think it's totally key, and that's exactly why I wanted to make a song on her record called Manhattan, Kansas. In fact, at one point, the, the album was going to just be called Manhattan, Kansas. Cause, uh, but it was Eric who was like, yeah, oh, dude, don't make it so much about um, nostalgia. <laughs> like, come on. And I was like, you know, I always need to have somebody pull me, pull me back a little bit. But anyway, but, but because the idea that it's like, if, if we hadn't have gotten support from just fans and friends at those local shows, at that local level, we never would have made it to, to New York, you know? Yeah. We never would have made it down the highway. Like that scene, having a scene and having, um, that, that where, where you have music, musicians that are going to support each other and, and also music fans that are just going to go down to the club and see whoever's playing, like regardless of, you know, just making a thing out of going to see bands, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's key into creating good bands. You know? Oh, absolutely. Personally, but but again, I'm old old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but, I I think a but, scene's important still. Yeah, because you know, like then I moved to LA, um, and I love LA, right? But it's but as far as like what it's like interacting with other musicians and stuff here, completely different. You know, like oh, if bet. you want to practice, you go rent a practice space. You know, if you want to, um, and and somebody's got to check their schedule. All you know, and everybody's <laughs> oh, some people have to get paid just to have their time you know it's it's so much professionalism that it 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 kills any um seeds of starting something from the ground up that's going to be organic and real you know yeah like in the midwest it's like you're practicing in your basement you know you're you're the guy on base is is like dude 
that you're like, hey, you know, your buddy, come play bass. You know, like it's, it's not as professional. You need to have that sort of like that starting point, I feel like, where everybody can kind of um, fight their way out, you know. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I think yeah. that I think that's important for and still today yeah. that, that goes back with the timeless stuff, the foundation. It's like how you promote, how you get the word out, how you release the music may change. But like there's yeah. foundations and shit that just no matter what you do, if you don't have those, you're not going anywhere. They're just you, you yeah. need something like that, you know? Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, as, as far as now, though, with like the new songs, I, I take it, have any of these been played live or no? You guys, I take <laughs> it, haven't played anything pr- fucking before yeah. this got released. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. We, we had two shows uh, booked that were going to happen this summer, but um, obviously those did not happen. <laughs> um so, yeah, so we have not gotten together and played any of these songs. Yeah, that's another thing that's kind of funny if you think about the fact that you're listening to that record and we've never been in the same room playing those songs together. You know? Damn. Like, <laughs> ever. You know? Um, like, uh, but but technically some of the songs have been performed live because um, I, did, I did some um, uh, Zoom or, you know, kind of uh, FaceTime, whatever you call it, uh, interview or show or something where a couple of different people played songs and so i played all new songs so i played a handful of them live so oh nice. can technically say some of them have been played live oh wait wait well, that was that was quarantunes wasn't it you did quarantunes I th- if i remember correctly weren't you on that yeah yeah i did a couple and i now I, i'm blanking on who it was with one <laughs> of them was something from the east coast um that had a it was like a a, a chair sort of like a they had like a bunch of different people playing throughout a couple of days or something. And then, yeah, then I did one that was with, uh, just, um, some other friends, you know, like other music, music band guy friends. But I can't remember what that was for. I mean, how, how it is seems that? like a million years ago? <laughs> I got, I mean, I got to ask that too. Like, how is it performing in front of a computer? Like, has this been weird? Like, I know everyone's been doing it and it's like, I, I can see that being a little odd performing yeah. when you can't see anyone. Yeah. It definitely felt weird. Um, at first, but then, it kind of becomes unweird, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I think I would be much more nervous if I was doing, like, a um, solo gig in front of people. I think I would have been more nervous. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I think so. Because, uh, yeah, you, I, I, when you're playing, you play, like, one song, and it seems really odd, and then you're just kind of, like, singing to yourself, and you're just like, okay, you know? Oh, okay. Oh, then it just kind of, yeah, then it just feels like you're just playing in your room or something. It's like, okay, that's just kind of yeah, normal like, like that. that. That makes yeah, sense. Something like that. <laughs> when, uh, when you guys do get to play again full band, whenever the hell that is, no one really knows. Yeah. But, like, are there uh, any songs off the record you're, like, looking most forward to playing live? I mean, some of these have such oh, high yeah. energy that just I feel like it's going to – a lot of these songs are going to just be really good live, just really, yeah. really good for that. Cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I – yeah, more, more so than, like, any other record we've done. Like, I really want to play – um, songs off this new record definitely want to play p- pretty much like the whole first half of the record um, you know we're sharing the same dream tonight that song was actually written about um, a wedding that we our band and all of our close friends went to in Spain um, a couple years ago because one of our other good friends got married married there and it was just this amazing amazing time and so that song is sort of uh I just want to. I just want to have that song be played live with all of our friends because that's what it's about, you know. And then, you know, after ours at Moline's, you know, of course, 
for sure. Uh, Manhattan, Kansas, for sure. Yes. Want to play that live? I feel like you, you could know? open a set with that. To be honest, that feels like a set opener, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, so we're really looking forward, and and so maybe that'll be you know one one good thing about the fact that it'll have been longer than we would want it to be uh, before we get to play again. You know, we'll know that everybody has a chance to uh, definitely know the music. You know? Yeah, there's no excuse so, of that. Like the music will have been yeah. out so long, it's like, nah, you've heard. It's like it ain't at the merch booth. It's been out a year now. <laughs> right, exactly. But um, exactly. you know, as we're closing this up, man, you know, and it's funny because we were talking about earlier how you know, but back in the day, you didn't have as much social media and stuff. But as far as mm-hmm. online goes, where can people uh, find Ultimate Fake Book online? Where can they follow you? Grab the music, you know, all that, all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, we. Um, First thing, first thing for everyone to to be sure to check is it's not Facebook. <laughs> everybody, everybody, um, rightfully so. Um, either the they must not be musicians. We'll, we'll change it, yeah, or or they just think that we're called people that don't know. They they'll think we're called Ultimate Facebook, <laughs> which is funny because Facebook didn't exist, you know, back when we started the band, um, and so now we have a word in our band name that is completely hard to for people to remember. So anyway, so it's fake book with a K. Um, and yeah, um, you know, we're on Twitter, uh, at, at UFB rocks. We go by UFB. Um, and that's, even though there's only two words in the band, we've always gone by UFB and hardly anybody ever asks us why, but the reason I'll tell you is because, uh, all the classic rock bands have three letters, man. That's why you gotta have three. You can't just have it be two. Oh, I like it that. U.S. You got to be UFB, man. That rolls UFB. off the tongue better too. UFB, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that that should tell you the type of uh, guys we are. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so at UFB Rocks on Twitter, and that'll have a link on our um, bio or the uh, you know the uh, profile that will take you to um, all of our stuff. You know, um, Sonic Ritual is the label that put out our record, so they have links to you know, stuff for us here where you can still buy the, the perverse preserving machine on vinyl, actually. Very um, nice. That, uh, I think that's not from Sonic Ritual exactly, but they have links to where you can get it. And, uh, so yeah, so those are the best places to find us. Facebook, we're on there too, but we don't really have like a website. So, well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of places. check it out. You have, like I said, I mean, you got new two music videos out. You have a killer new record out. And uh, we're going to play some stuff off of it right now. This this song is my favorite off the record. It just got a, a music video, so go check it out. Right now, here is Manhattan, Kansas, right here on the Power Chord Hour. <laughs> Which is the record of a family tree, yeah 
podcast that was ultimate fake book with my music industry felt like we had to play that one after our conversation about the music industry before that was after hours at malines and opening up that block of music was manhattan kansas all three of those come off ultimate fake books brand new record the preserving machine 
First one from them in years. So if you're a fan, you want to go check this out. And if you've not really heard them before, this is your first time, go check them out. Not only do they have a great new album, they have a great back catalog to go check out. And isn't that always the best? I always love that. Like, I mean, I, I love finding new bands, but I also love finding bands who I hadn't heard before who, you know, have been around for a while who have a whole back catalog to go discover. Like, that's the greatest thing. You know, there's, there's a lot of bands like that. Where uh, you know you end up having a whole thing to go back through, and it's like this: the, the, these are one of these bands. You know, you have we're, we're in a pandemic. You have nothing else to do. You know what I mean? Get into some new music and go back and check out the stuff you missed. And that's exactly what you do with them. Go follow them. Go check out the new music. Can't thank Bill enough coming on the show. Was uh, so excited to have him on. Meant to have him on sooner, but uh, happy happy we got him on here. And, uh, yeah, that is going to be this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back next week. It is hard to believe, but with another rundown for a month. It is going to be the August rundown. I feel like I just did the July rundown, like, a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, it's already almost fall. It's insane. But, uh, yeah, this year, I mean, the year is weird for everyone. It's hard to even, like, complain about it because it's like, yeah, like, you and everyone else are in the same boat, you know, with that, where it's like, it's just such an odd year. It's been an extremely odd year, and the fact that it's already, uh, you know, almost September, and uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's odd. My birthday's in November, and I've been thinking that too. I've been just like, yo, I just like turned 27 in November, and then a couple months went by, and it's just like, just kind of everything like shut down, and life was like kind of weird. But, uh, you know, I, I as I always say though, I mean, I'm so thankful for uh, for all you listening, you know, we're uh, we're in this right now, but I'm happy that I can still do these interviews, still uh, talk to everyone, and uh, do the show and uh, all that, as well as getting out there in the middle of the woods with those, with those uh, fishers and bears and uh, enjoying that. You know, and, and another one on that list from earlier is uh, alligators, because last time when I was with a buddy down south, and to be honest, I don't even think we were anywhere near where alligators are, um, he was scared as hell that we were going to see one. In the most ridiculous places, but it was funny. And listen, I can't lie. After a while, if you start doing that around me, I'm going to have to fuck with you. So, I mean, obviously, after after a while of us going through swampy places where he thought they're alligators, I did have to start pretending like I saw them and, uh, you know, just, just kind of be a prick to my, <laughs> to my friend. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's evil. I, I think it's funny, and, uh, I mean, we're all safe. No no uh, alligators got us, so I feel like it was all in good jest. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for checking out another episode. Go follow Ultimate Fakebook. Give us a follow. We're all over online. We're at Power Cord Hour on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on YouTube. Shout out to you if you're listening to this on there right now. On Spotify, I put up playlists of uh, what I play on the radio show there. And uh, I also do some other ones. Like I just put up a power chord crash course for Alkaline Trio. So it's like 17 songs that uh, I think are like essential. Like if you've, if for whatever reason, I don't know what rock you're living under, but if for whatever reason you've never listened to Alkaline Trio, this is kind of a playlist that gets you into them. You know what I mean? It kind of, it spans their career. It, uh, you know, kind of has the quote unquote hits and uh, a couple other little things in there that I feel like would uh, turn someone onto the band. So that's kind of the Power Chord Crash Course playlist that I do on Spotify. Those are there. I did one for Alex Chilton a while ago where I just spanned his like entire career. You know, I kind of make those playlists just so if it's an artist who has been around for a while and has, you know, a back catalog, kind of like we're talking about with Ultimate Fake Book, but you've never heard them, it's kind of a place to go and check that out all in kind of one place, you know, 
a greatest hits in a way with a little added extra. But I put all those on our uh, Spotify, so follow us there if you'd like. And uh, if you want to rate and review the show on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell that thing's called, um, you can rate and review us. Send me a screenshot, powercordhour at gmail.com, and absolutely free, I'll send you one of these brand-new Power Cord Hour T-shirts. I'll send you some stickers. I'll send you some pics, all that stuff. If you want free shit but you don't feel like leaving a uh, a review or anything like that, I won't send you a shirt, but just email me, powercord at gmail, powercordhour at gmail.com, and I will send you some uh, free stickers and guitar picks. Shout-out to Steve Clayton Custom for making those picks. They look awesome. I've loved playing them. I uh, I play them myself. Maybe I I don't know. Is that pretentious that I uh, that I only now play guitar and bass on uh, my own podcast and radio shows? Guitar picks. It's it's all I use now. They're great. I love them. Hit me up. I will send you some absolutely free. That is going to be it. I'll be back next week with your August rundown. But until then, for the Power Chord Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thanks for listening.